Welcome, welcome everyone. Brand new week, brand new show. I hope everyone's doing well on their end and hope everything's going fine for you too and hopefully you're staying safe. Today on the show, I had a good, my good friend Jasper Davenport. It's funny how like life goes. Jasper and I met in school and he, he always had like that energy of like very very straightforward very very honest and blunt and i was like oh, i kind of like this guy and since then we were able to maintain contact and keep in touch for the last couple years he's doing wonderful work in ottawa so i hope you're enjoying this episode because it's good it's a doozy we go deep and we dive into a lot of like stuff there's and the information of like making sure we provide good information to our client he shares really good uh, experience he lived so hope you enjoy without a doubt jasper davenport all right man take two man, take two, man. all right yeah take two <laughs> <laughs> I, was so was not made... I had to say it man when dude i felt so bad because I, I was recording it and the other day and i was like i was like just doing the edits to pull it up and then I go on, re, re, re listen to it, and then there's missing a full rant of yours. And I was like, fuck. Oh, no. Gotta redo uh, it. Gotta redo it. Oh, oh. It, it, is, it is what it is. Well, we're yeah, gonna talk about different stuff this time, maybe. Yeah, and then I, I still wanna touch base on some of the stuff, but I think the last three weeks we've been up to a lot of good fucking stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Better, better stuff, I would say. Sorry, man. I just got new shoes and I'm putting them out right now. I try to bring them. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah. So, man. So, where do you work, man? Let's uh, let's get all that uh, podcast intro out of the way while I take my shoes off. And then... so, uh... <laughs> so I I'm currently working at a clinic called PhysioCare Physiotherapy. It's in Greenbank in Ottawa, Ontario. I also do have a, I have like a small scale practice out of my house, but it's mostly um, just like uh, sort of friends or training partners, stuff like that. And then I'm also doing um, personal training out of Westside Muay Thai, which is in on Wellington Street West in Ottawa as well. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Thanks for that, dude. Did, it, did you hear me taking my shoes off? No, I couldn't actually hear it. Okay, cool. Uh, but man, like that, that is really cool that you're able to like have different location and perform your craft at different location. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cool thing about home is that I do have, uh, I do have like a small weight set up in here. So nice. um, for instance, like if someone, someone comes in and, and, maybe maybe i'm doing programming for them as well as treating them then like you know if, if they need to troubleshoot something i can i can get them squatting or benching or wh whatever it is whatever the exercise is and uh sort of troubleshoot that um and typically the treatments from home are a bit more bit more active than at the clinic nice do you think there's yeah. like that that is a market you want to tap in moving forward yeah, I mean, I think that's that's definitely the goal. It's just uh, how how do I do I get there? I think is is the big thing. 
Yeah. Cause we definitely, yeah, I definitely want, want to do that. And I think that that is what's more beneficial for people. Nice, man. I like that. I like to hear that, but dude, I want to talk about like how you helped me out on my, on my hip issue too. Cause like this, I think that's really cool. Cause you're not, the, the one thing I like about you and like all the conversation about what we had so far and the last, since I've met you throughout school, it's like always never be satisfied by one idea. It's how to mix as many ideas possible to get to the, the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes it, it, sometimes it's, it's, it can be a really good thing, but sometimes it can be, you can kind of get yourself in, in the weeds a little bit. And there's actually some pretty interesting uh, research where they had, um, they basically looked at like patient outcomes for, I believe it was physiotherapists where they would have them use whatever intervention they used. But like, let's say they were like a really, it was a really specific intervention, like something like ART or like maybe they were certified in like mulligan mobilization or something. And it seemed that there was a correlation between whoever uh, believed in their uh, service or technique the most, like the clients had better outcomes. So I think sometimes it's to my detriment that I, I view things in a few different ways. Um, but I, but I think that again, you, I think you have to be able to cater to different people. And I think in your case, if, if we were to like, <laughs> Hey, Patty, don't load your squat pattern or hinge pattern at all, you wouldn't come see me again. Right. Yeah, I'd probably punch you in the throat. <laughs> I'd probably let you. <laughs> the, but, like, it speaks to, like, what you just said. I want to dive into this, like, the belief of a technique or belief of a, a therapist. Like, that speaks a lot of, like, placebo effect in my book. Yeah, it, it, it does, for sure. I mean, it, it, I would say more so with manual therapy techniques. They're, like, 100%. Um, like if, if the person tells you and you don't know any better that, Hey, I'm going to use this tool on you and it's going to break up your fascial <laughs> restrictions and, and remodel your scar tissue. And you don't know any better. That's what you're going to think. And then that person's going to leave. And like, let's say they do a test free test and you have more range of motion in your overhead position. Cause they scraped your lats to death. Like, yeah, that'll probably work. Um, but I, I just think that, uh, do you use it? Like, do you use the placebo effect on certain clients? Um, you, you know what? I have a really cool example of this. So <laughs> I was treating, I was treating this, this person. Uh, I forget what day it was, maybe Monday. Oh, sweet, person, dude. yeah. It, so it was, it's a person I've been seeing for a while and they're sort of, um, they're exploring a bunch of different modalities like physio They're They had a concussion. They're going for some sort of concussion specialty stuff. But the main thing is like shoulder neck pain. And this person used to be a competitive swimmer. They're a bit, they're a bit older now. Like cons- competitive swimming is, is far behind, but they want to get back to swimming and shoulder pain is like super chronic. Um, I do think there is something going on at the, at the neck because they do have some, uh, like neurological symptoms. But uh, the main thing is like this person thinks that they're kind of broken and like they, they don't understand and like they really identify with, with their pain and stuff. 
and like their biggest restriction is is external rotation and overhead motion so i'm like okay well you know we need to improve these if you want to if you want to do like a front crawl i i would prefer you know you to have a better better mobility in, in overhead right <clears throat> so what i did was i did uh i did like some soft tissue stuff just like some pinning stretching techniques uh some joint mobs and stuff like that and i use acupuncture as well like electro acupuncture and and what i did was I basically made this person do maximal effort uh, pails and, and rails in a bunch of different positions of the shoulder, a little less intense on the external and internal rotation, but for shoulder, shoulder flexion and, and extension, I made them go as hard as they could. And then after the treatment, I was like, okay, let's do a shoulder car just to see how you're moving and see what it feels like for you. And they were like shocked at how much better it felt. And then what I did was, and this is something I took from Greg Lehman and uh, what I said to her, I was like, well, at least we know that your pain is malleable and that, that it can change. And that, you know, we don't know exactly what just happened, but I do know that you could have either responded to the soft tissue and the acupuncture, or you could have, you could have got uh, exercise uh, induced uh, pain relief from doing those really strong isometric contractions. So what is it? Or is it the fact that you felt comfortable loading your shoulder in those positions and it felt good to have someone tell you like, Hey, you're doing good. You're that was strong. You're, you know what I mean? So what is it? Part of it is definitely placebo. There's no doubt about that, but is, is if, if loading the tissue is not increasing the sensitivity of the person, then we need to load the tissue, find a way to load it basically. So that was a little bit of a rant, but, um, no, no, yeah, I, love, so there's, I, I love it, dude. I, I love it. Cause you're not only doubling down on that placebo effect, right? You're, you're going and you're diving into the fact that like, Hey, like what we did here today worked, whatever it was worked. There's something mm -hmm. out of every single fucking modalities we did worked. Mm -hmm. And now you're able to do that. Well, at the end of the day, like it gives confidence to the client to do something else. And then yeah. that's, that's what we should strive for instead of like whatever, whatever gets the client to be better. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I think so for certain things, if it, for certain things, though, I think sometimes we, as people, as clinicians, we take, uh, we take credit for, uh, for natural history on certain things though. You know what I mean? Like if, if you've never, if you've had, let's say you've had a person who's had like one bout of low back pain in your whole life, or maybe two, or, you know, once in a while you get a little, you know, a little niggle down there and then, you know, they come in and maybe they have two treatments <laughs> and, and the, the clinician thinks like, oh yeah, it was, it was whatever I did. It's like, no, it was probably that person was sensitive and yeah. it would have gone away either way. So, <laughs> but if it's something chronic where it's been going on for three years, like some chronic knee pain or something like that, and, and you can get that person, uh, you know, back to doing whatever they want to do, then, then yeah, then I believe that we did our job there. Do you, do you, like, I love how you say chronic and acute and like those fancy words. Do you think 
because that's one thing I stopped using in my practice in a couple last couple of weeks. It's like having a definition for for trauma or injuries. Yeah, I guess I don't mean necessarily the injury. I just mean whatever the condi- condition. Oh, okay, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I should, I, I should, I should have prefaced. I should have prefaced that. Yeah. Oh, so no, like, that's fine, man. It's a conversation for an hour and a half. Like we're gonna have and probably go on different rants. I just want to make sure we're we're on the same page. Because if not, I'll just shut this conversation down right away. <laughs> yeah, because like I'll use the example of like, um, let's say you you sprain or I don't know, you do something to your to your knee, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, and then you come in a few weeks later and it's like sore well whatever the painful condition is i would consider that it's like a fresher injury but then if 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 you hurt your knee three years ago and there was nothing found on on imaging and even that is like the reliability isn't isn't the best and i posted something on my instagram where they like went through a bunch of cool studies where it was like they could barely find correlation but so like if someone comes to me three years later and there's nothing really going on uh, structurally, like what, how can I, uh, how can I quantify that it's like a, a tissue issue at that point? Yeah. Uh, super well, at least like, like, yeah, we can, we can, we can quantify with like range of motion. Okay. Like this tissue is limiting this direction and that kind of stuff. But I just mean like from like a physiological tissue standpoint, like if there's nothing, everything's clean how how do we quantify that i guess yeah i, I think that's something that's got to like we're going to create it some sort of like kind of like mainstream understanding of like chronic or chronic or acute differentiate uh, difference between like if someone shows up three and like we're searching for for fucking pains or positive like you're wasting your time just get to the treatment cut to the chase right mm-hmm. like i had someone this morning and she's like oh i've been having hip issues for the past three years and i'm like okay cool like who am i to say like there's something there right she, what, how did that treatment what how did that treatment go what was good. the process it was pretty good man like so basically uh so the treatment started i did a lot of like functional assessment can she do can she do a lunge can she do a single leg uh, deadlift that she has t-spine rotation can she do a windmill can she do a push-up different uh movement that i kind of like mm-hmm. can she squat can she hinge that are and then i did some jumping and kind of like running on this on space on place because it's been three years she's been having hip pain let's find a pattern of she, movement. is she a runner uh, so she's a baseball player okay and there hasn't been that much baseball in the last year, right? No way, real for real. <laughs> well, depending if you're in Miami or like Florida, yeah. and if yeah. you're in the states, there's a different. There's a, that's a different story. Or like even out west, there like activities are coming back to normal there. Um, but yeah, it was just like a weird situation. I'm like, okay, well, let's just do that. And then on the table, she's like, oh, I had an MRI and got a labral tear. Like on the table, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because like she had no internal rotation and no, had a hard time doing hip flexion. I'm like, okay, cool. That like, yeah, those 
those tests or like that test of like checking range of motion gave me information on how the hip was functioning. But like during yeah. squatting or lunging, she didn't have any pain. So like there was no not not compensation while moving or creating a pattern until I was searching for something. Yeah. Well, and I think you you found like if the hip's not rotating super well, that's not great for for everything else. Exactly right, and I think I think that speaks a lot of like we got to understand what pattern uh, or what pattern we're losing first. Yes. Yes. Right. So like at the hip and the shoulder, we're going to lose rotation first. Mm-hmm. And then at the spine, it's going to be flexion extension. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. like some just general understanding of like what I think it is. Yeah. So like, that's why I got the patient to get moving first. And then after that, we did some testing, but that's the way I proceed to treatment but I'm not going to go and search for a positive. Do you, how do you process for like an assessment with someone? Cause that was something like when I was on your live, I think that was really cool. Cause you brought up that, that first point. It's like the assessment of tissue. As I'm yeah, so, yeah. And I think this is something we covered in the, in the other podcast was I'll use. So basically I only, essentially I only use, I use active passive range of motion um and neuro like neurological stuff uh so like all the upper limbs all the upper limb tensions especially if i'm dealing with mba stuff and then i'll use the lower limbs like so slump straight leg raise and uh like femoral nerve all that stuff but i'll i will throw in manual muscle testing but I, I'm not thinking of it in terms of how strong the, I'm not, I don't think I'm testing a muscle. Like, let's be honest, we're not testing one singular muscle, but all I do is I see, can this person tolerate and produce, tolerate load in this position and can they produce force in this position? That's the way I look at it more. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mostly use the range of motion as like my benchmark for, for most things, unless it's like uh, like something like an ankle. If someone comes in and they've like sprained their ankle, I might just see like, hey, how long can you like stand on one leg for? Something, something small like that. I, I like that one. And then if they can't stand on their one leg, on, if they can't stand on one leg for a minute, well, that's, that's an issue. So then the test becomes the rehab in itself or one part of the rehab, um, stuff like that. Uh, I don't really look at people's lifting mechanics too much if i if i go through the range of motion and i'm like okay you can't you you don't even have you don't even have 120 degrees of shoulder flexion and you're you know you're doing strict press i can definitely see how that could be an issue for you so i don't really need to see how you're strict pressing because i know you're most likely going to be dumping into your low back and uh all that kind of good stuff (laughs) So I won't use that super often, but I did have a person a while back who was having some sensitivity in the shoulder and they were doing full range of motion bench press. And then uh, I found some stuff with range of motion and that kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, and they told me straight up, they weren't going to stop lifting. And I was like, okay, well, can we at least come to some sort of compromise? And 
can I see how you, how you bench press? And then I looked at their bench press and it, it wasn't great. And then, so I tweaked a couple things. I gave them some, some homework. And then I was like, I want you to do a floor press instead to just reduce the range of motion because all the pain was coming in at the, at the bottom. Cause they didn't have a ton of shoulder extension and they didn't have like a, a solid, like they weren't using their lats properly in the bottom. So it would, they were just kind of dumping into internal rotation and that oh. was causing some sensitivity. So in that case, I, I did use it. I did use that and I modified their activity that they wanted to do and then uh, worked on the stuff that I thought was of value. That's cool, man. That's cool. Cause like, that's a, a way, like it's there in your back pocket if you need it, right. To like assess someone. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, also, because, like, I do have access to a facility when with work. So if I want to test mechanics of, like, someone coming in, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's load a barbell and see what can you do. Compared yeah, to, like, yeah. if you, like, if you're on, you could do that at home, but you won't be able to do that at the clinic, per se. Uh, I was, well, they do actually have a barbell at the clinic. It's just a, it's like a 15, it's like a technique barbell. Um, but I was able to sort of jerry rig it. They have a bench and a bar. they don't have like a, a actual rack for a bench, but I was like, let me just see how you bench this empty bar and I'll, I'll just hand it to you kind of thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so I was able to do that there. Um, yeah, so I can, I can look at stuff, uh, stuff like that. That's cool, man. I like that, dude. That's cool. Yeah. And, and, and then I want to say thank you. Cause like my hip is now fixed and I want to talk about this and cause like you're working on. <laughs> Working online with me during this process was quite the adventure. Nothing like <laughs> Yeah, I, that was a fun conversation that we that we had for sure. Well, like I think it, like whatever healthcare practitioner, like I've seen a Cairo, and I was very like happy about that. I've seen the the girls here at the clinic, and then I've seen my other friend Andre. So I see Andre and Cam are both Kairos and Lisa and Sarah here that are both physios and they helped me out. And I had a massage to decrease some tension and that didn't go as planned. Yeah. So when I called you after, that was that was a very explicit conversation about rehab. And, all. <laughs> and I, I don't want to go into this, but I think I think it speaks to, to the degree that like you got to offer a service. Mm-hmm whatever healthcare practitioner you're at, you, you need to to make sure you're covering your bases and making sure the client is able to get back to whatever they're doing, right? Like for that, for that client, if you would have never told you, hey, homie, like whatever you're doing, I'm going to go back to benching, benching plates. Yeah. You would have been like, okay, thanks for letting me know. But if you if he wouldn't, you'd be like, oh, he's, he's going to come back in two weeks and be like, oh, my shoulder's still fucked. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. And well, I'll talk a little bit about what, what happened and I, what I thought was strange about yeah, what yeah. That, Take how, the that person, how that person approached it is like, if you came to me and I know I can't remember if they assessed you or not. Uh, no, like no. massage, the massage didn't assess me. Uh, even, even range of motion or, or anything. Eh? Okay. Well, they didn't assess you. Okay. So if you would have came to me and, and let's say it was, let's say I, you just were in a rush and you didn't want an assessment. 
if you came to me and you're like, Hey man, I'm a weightlifter. I lift heavy stuff. My hip hurts. I'm literally just without even questioning, I'm going to be like, Hey, do you mind if I treat your hips? Like, can I treat your, your glutes and your adductors? And I would literally just treat the whole hip and anything attached that attaches to it. Just like we learned in school, but just treat it all. That's what I would do. That's it. I'm going to treat your low back and your hips. And that's pretty much it, to be honest. It's like your quads, hamstrings, adductors, and, and all the rotators and all that stuff. That's what I would do. Maybe I would move your hip around on the, on the table and see how it, how it moves, like kind of like a scour to see you see what's up and then maybe do a mold or something like that. But if, if you were in a rush, I would literally just treat the whole hip, the low back, and that's it. Do you think, so, so when we worked together, that was, I think that was really cool because you, you already like look at the internal rotation and you gave me a lot of exercise to get to, to where I need to be. Yeah. And like, what, four weeks has passed and now I'm still back to like normal weight which is yeah. money. Yeah, that's uh, sweet. Yeah, I saw you posted you were, you were lifting some some decent weight the other day. Well, it, decent, let's just say I lift some weights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Listen, we won't put the numbers, all right? <laughs> yeah, no, but so so then I guess that, that comes back to why, what do you, so has your rotation improved? Yeah. Yeah. Like my rotation has improved significantly. Like I, to, to the best degree of rotation I could have. Cause like, well, you, could, you could probably get more, but you'd probably have to work out a lot at it, but okay. So your rotation improved. I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> nice. Nice. Don't do hips. Okay. I don't. Are you still there? That you <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's that's pretty decent compared to what it was before yeah. it's weird that it's weird that you don't have a more like external because usually people have so much external but no internal but you your right one is has more than your left huh yeah so so I, yeah, I would say, I mean, I think the numbers are, are sort of arbitrary, I, I, I guess, but uh, well, so like, what, I, what I wanted to ask you is why do you think the pain went away? Do you think it's because your rotation is better? So your hip is moving better under load, or do you think you're having less pain because you had to reduce your training volume a bit and maybe you were just like, you hadn't you know, been, been recovering as well as you could. So I don't like to always go like talk about pain, but that was the reason you, you stopped treatment, right. Was because you were in pain. So I'm just curious about how you, yeah. what you think about that. So I think, I think there's a space where like, I definitely was in pain. So that's why I went to treatment. Right. Like I, I'm going to agree to that. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm not in pain, like I'm going to keep this dog running until it dies basically. Yeah. Right. Um, but so I think it definitely helped that I stopped training at, to the frequency I was training mm -hmm. so I could work on other aspects of my recovery for say food and sleep. So one thing that helped yeah. was that for sure, the reduce of volume in my training, yeah, increase of recovery. There's also the fact of like biology, every injury is going to like 
dissipate after four to six weeks to, to some extent. But back to it, like, I think, I, I think there's a, yeah, to some extent for sure. Like, and also understand how to carry my hip under load better. Because mm-hmm. from, from the conversation I had with the practitioners helping me and like, especially you with the deep conversation we went in, I was just like, got to make sure the hip moves as a hip and then the low back moves as a low back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I always well, assess it's low back pain. I always assess hip. Okay. So I think, I think it's a complementary effect of all aspects mm-hmm. because of the, uh, like, because of, I took charge of my rehab also. Like I had therapists that helped me out. I took charge of my rehab. Coaches helped me out too. Um, understanding it better and then yeah. the decrease of intensity in my training. Yeah. Cause weren't you correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you doing like some running as well as like, you know, you were doing like some, some rowing and all, all, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, before the injury or after before, no, before it was mainly weightlifting only. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you were doing a bunch of other stuff too. No, no. I started incorporating a bit more running and a bit more rowing since the injury. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I just feel better if I have some sort of aerobic work in my week in training. Sure, yeah. For just sure. A, for recovery. I think I recover better. Um, yeah. And then since weightlifting is so anaerobic, the fact of going aerobic for a session for an hour helps a lot. I feel. Yeah, definitely. I, it sucks for me because I was just starting to, I was about to shift my training. Uh, I don't know what you would say goals or whatever. I was going to change the way I was going to structure my training to include uh, two, two Muay Thai sessions in it per week. But then we went back into, into gray zone. Cause like, that's something I want to talk about. Cause like you did a really good rehab and you posted your rehab online really well. And I think that was really cool as a fact of empowerment. Cause like you're only as good as your experience. You yeah. Can, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I've had a, a few too many experiences with injury. <laughs> Fair, but you're a good therapist because of that. Cause like, if you have no injuries, you don't understand how someone's going to feel from a psychology standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's why I've gravitated to sort of splitting my treatment style. Still, like, of course, movement and, and loading and all that stuff, but really looking at the more of the biopsychosocial stuff as well, just because I've had those experiences. And that's why I have such strong opinions about the way that people are communicated to and the narratives that they're told when they go to clinicians and uh, I, and that's why I really don't agree with a lot of the, the stuff that's, that's out there because of my experiences as someone with chronic pain going uh, and dealing with, with practitioners. I'm so excited for this part of the conversation because <laughs> it's going to be raw. No, no, I'm going to be very diplomatic. Fuck that dude. <laughs> Okay. What do you want? What do you want to know? No, but no, seriously. I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear your thought process about like why you put out your, your whole rehab online. Cause you were, you're diving a lot in like the fact of empowerment of like, Hey, well, 
it's already it's always good to test like to test the waters and see where you're at yeah so the reason i put my rehab is number one if i mean for for the three people that that maybe looked at it um if they can see that hey like this practitioner is literally practicing what they preach um then that's number one that's a good thing but also too that i explained uh, in my case, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't tell you, dude, a grade two hamstring tear, we classify with bruising, right? So technically I had like a mild grade two, whatever hamstring tear, there was no pain. So how can we always say it's X tissue that's causing you pain? And then that person identifies with my supraspinatus is the reason I have shoulder pain and, and that kind of stuff. So I thought it was it was good to preface that tissue tissue damage does not equal pain in all cases, and who knows why it didn't give me pain? I don't I, I don't have a good answer for you. Do but you then the other oh sorry sorry to cut you off here, but do you think with your background and strength and like getting stronger a bit, that's why it didn't give you as much pain? Well, I I have no idea. I think. I've become less sensitive to, to pain over the last bit. I think because I, I sort of let go of the, the narratives that were associated with things that were happening to me before. I was oh, just like, okay. like, well, yeah. Cause I mean, you didn't like, want to have I'm, a case of diagnostics. Yeah. So, so like <laughs> a case of the know, shits, right? you like that one eh? something oh, shoulder yeah so i guess i would use like my knee i would say my knee is the best example so in school i my knee was blown up all the time and i really wanted to squat and obviously like I, my ankle and hip was super limited and cramming myself in that position was not good um i would also packed on a bunch of weight that wasn't healthy weight but then I was like, I'm never going to be able to squat, which is something I wanted to do, which is kind of arbitrary, but whatever. And then, so I worked on my hips. I worked on my ankles, which are still a work in progress. And I worked on, you know, my knee. And then I, I don't know what happened, but over the last, I want to say six months, there was like a revelation. Like I just kept consuming all this research that was, and, and, and podcasts and stuff like that, that was just saying that it doesn't necessarily matter what's happening. Because uh, I have this like weird, uh, like it, essentially like what it looks like is like my patella has like grown another piece of bone kind of thing. And a couple people, when I, like I, I was, I was working with a personal trainer, they were like, what's that on your knee? And like, that's the kind of stuff that like, you probably just shouldn't say to someone. Cause then that made me more worried about what was going on with my knee. But then I just realized, well, it is what it is at, at this point. Um, let me just work on what I can work on and realize that again, like I'm always going to go back to this, that if a little bit of arthritis was going to turn me into a, a, a vegetable, then we would have gone extinct a long time ago. Um, so I just, um, of course you have, there's, you have to take those things into consideration. Um, and my ceiling of what I will be able to load into my knee is going to be lower most likely just because it, it can become sensitive. But like if I can squat to full depth 
and my let's say my pain sometimes on average is it's at a one and a half I got a little something some days but if I squat and the next day it's not blown up then to me that's that's okay because the the mental aspect of being able to do something I want to do is more important than uh cheese grading my my kneecap or whatever someone would would say to you um so I don't know I think that stuff is important it, it makes sense too, right? Because like you don't want to be set like like I posted that on thing on my uh, during this rehab process. I was like, rehab isn't. It's never about staying on the bench for an extended period of time. No, right? and like at the end of the day, like if you don't have any pain, who gives a shit what's happening? Like uh, with the client I had this morning, like the the same client about the hip. I was like, yeah, like the only reason you know there's something or you know that you're you're sensitive to your hip, it's because you know what's going under the hood. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Like there's that's a case of diagnostics, right? That's the fault or the problem behind diagnostics. To an yeah. extent, right? Of like, oh, but it's it's the fact of like as soon as you know, you're a bit more conscious and a bit more aware of what's going on there. For yeah, for for sure, and I I think that we uh, we always have to take into consideration that the medical system isn't isn't built to to sugarcoat what's what's happening, right? They don't have the communication skills to to tell you, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean X Y Z. <laughs> I, I have seen some practitioners. Uh, I won't name any names, but I there was a sports medicine doctor that was dealing with someone who, who I'm close to. And this one had some stuff going on with their, with their knee. And this sports med doctor was amazing. Like I can't say more good things about them because this person was really down and, and they weren't sure what to do, how to navigate their, their process on getting back to, you know, staying active and that kind of stuff. And the sports med doctor was like, this doesn't mean that you can't do things like you can still, you can still load it. You can still do things that you enjoy to do. And then basically I gave this person a, a mobility like FRC and, and strength training regime. And now they're good to go. They get a little pain once in a while, but that's pretty much it. That, that's That speaks on that volume, right? Like, I love how you said it. Like there's some people out there, they don't have the communication skills to say. Yeah. I yeah, think that's very sugarcoating it that some people suck at doing their job. <laughs> no, but it, sorry, man. <laughs> It, it makes a, it makes sense because, like, yes, medical system is so busy, right? And we see it a bit more now nowadays, right? They're so busy. Com- compared to us, we, like as massage therapists, we have an hour with someone. Yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I, I, and, I'm not saying, and, and there's also massage therapists that are very bad at saying medication. And I've been bad at saying things to clients. Oh, too. yeah. I've said, some, I've said some pretty bad things. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> in school oh <laughs> i feel bad for anything <laughs> but i think that's the real that's the real lesson over here right like of of getting better at your craft and like keeping your continuing education and then understanding like you could have whatever fucking letters beside your name but if you cannot communicate the, the information yeah properly i agree i agree i agree a hundred percent you know, what's funny is sometimes what I'll do to with chronic pain people, like people that have had persistent pain and in the same area for, let's say, 
two plus years or a year plus, I'll give them, I'll refer them to a podcast um, with Greg Lehman that Greg Lehman did on Steffi Cohen's yes. podcast called yes. everything, everything you thought you knew about pain is wrong. And I always say like, Hey, take the, the title with a grain of salt because he's, he's, he, he, um, he doesn't say like biomechanics don't matter, but he says there's instances where I think they matter less kind of thing. And, uh, he's really big on like empowerment and he has this cool thing called movement optimism, which is in regards to like Neo a and stuff like that. So it's like some really good stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll refer people to that. And if they listen, they listen, if they don't, they don't. Um, is there I've so many couple... good podcasts out there? Like, Oh yeah. Um, unreal. And see, like even me, like I'm on two podcasts, I'm co-host of one and I just started my own here. Like the amount of information that's being dished out on the internet, it's like a pumping. Yeah, man. I feel like I've gotten a second edge literally like a whole other education from, from it. And I think like from all research papers I've read or I've been coming to read in the last year or like the last three years I've been out of school, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than just going out there and getting the reps in. Cause like, yeah, agreed. I was at one point I was reading one research paper a week for a while. And I was like, this is a lot of information that 1% of the people could understand. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But I, I do think it's, it's important to, to be able to, um, practice have somewhat of an evidence-based practice i can't say that i that i am because i literally i can't read a research paper like i don't i don't have the skill to do it but i'll i'll find research papers that have been summarized uh by people things like that and then i'll 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 look over research papers that have been cited in podcasts that i'll listen to and things like that but i definitely think if you're not keeping up on on what's going on then i think that's a, a a bad i think that's not the 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 best way to to go about it because i do think it is important to understand like do you what think you have research on like we know if you have tendon tendinopathy we don't call it we shouldn't be calling it tendonitis anymore if people do that they should probably stop if you have tendinopathy there has to be load there has to be load at, at one point, even if it's a bit painful. Um, okay, so I got two questions for you, because this is something I think about all the time. Yeah, bring it. Do you think if you have or you're basing your practice as an evidence-based practice? Because like, I think we're like evidence-based practice, like pra- uh, practicality for us, because we're going to read pra- like research paper and then we're just going to apply the summary of it. Yeah, that's about all I can do. And I'm being honest. I think yeah, yeah, no, but like, my question is, do you think if you have so much of evidence based practice, you just get paralysis by analysis? Yeah, you can because there's always a, pe- a paper to contradict everything else, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think having overarching, a solid overarching philosophy is important. But I also think that, uh, you know, if there, 
the things that are more well-researched, you know, like eccentric loading, understanding the, the power of eccentric loading and understanding, you know, you know, different types of isometrics and, and understanding that, you know, pain isn't limited to a person's scan. Like that right there is pretty evidence in, I would just say evidence informed because I'm not a scholar. Like I can't say I'm an evidence-based practitioner, but I like to stay informed by people that are leading the industry, whether it's chiro or physio and, and try to apply what they per, uh, convey in the best way that I can, I guess. That makes sense, right? I think you still need to keep an eye on what needs to be done, but at the end of the day, like. Yeah, I mean, there's diff the, the old expression is there's different ways to skin a cat, which is kind of brutal. I don't know why we keep saying that, but I think we talked about this on the, the last podcast is that I like listening to uh, Andrew Spina and the FR, FRS people, but I also like listening to Adam Meekings and they're literally, you couldn't get more opposite than, than those two people. So it is a bit of paralysis by analysis, but I just, I just like it. I just like listening to, to differing opinions. Well, I think you need to challenge those biases too, right? If you just stay in one house, that's the only thing you know, right? And going back to like what your, our education is and like probably rehab and my issue with rehab, if you stay so much in one sandbox, you only know that extent of that sandbox. Like if you can go out to get, listen to more podcasts that contradict itself, like would you be, you'd only be like FRC based practice. You wouldn't challenge those biases about, about FRC or whatever it is. Like yeah. I like, I like listening to the RX radio, but I also yeah. need to open my eyes to other things. Yeah. Yeah. Ag agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Cause if you stay on one thing, man, like that's the only thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like I think, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I liked it, that idea that you bring up of like contradict, contradicting yourself because, or contradicting your listening. Cause it opens, hundred yeah, percent. it opens your mind to more critical thinking. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and I think the, one of the reasons I, I like listening to some of that pain science stuff is because of the, the communication aspect of it. Cause they do talk a lot about like, interpersonal like like communication and, and and that was like one of the big things so like you know i'll get like the biomechanics stuff i use from frc and just like you know basic strength training you know like tenants of like how to position yourself to lift something and that kind of stuff but the more the communication stuff i find is super valuable from listening to to the pain science people i think there's like that's that was one thing i was like struggling with for a while is that idea of certifications because mm. there's so much information out there. I want to know as much as possible or I just want to be able to refer someone to the best person possible. Yeah. Cause you could listen about pain science. You could listen about pain management. You could listen to like FRC stuff. You could listen to like, uh, the RX radio and prescript. I think I think there's a a lot like a barrier of entry that needs to be understood by anyone, and I think that's mm -hmm. anatomy and pathology. 
and yeah, then and agreed. then you, and then you could specific your understanding and everything. Yeah, no, that's yeah for sure. You you need to have the basic. You need to be really good at the basics. What's your, what's your thoughts with all those certification now? Like, there's so much certification out there. There's so much programs. What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> I don't know. I've I've bought a few. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Right. I, I think especially for us at new practitioners, like there's certification that needs to be done because like we've got to create a name for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not me having a podcast and sharing my five cents with my friends that's going to give some some credibility of me saying words on the internet. Yeah. Um, what are my... I think that there's better certifications than others. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, do I think you need to, to do all of all the certifications from everyone? I, I don't necessarily think so. But at the end of the day, if you're able to um use the methodology from one system as and and you're getting results for your for your people that are coming through the door then then all the power to you um and, and again like i was talking about that 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 study i can't remember what it was called but someone referenced it and and it, it was talking about people that really buy into the methodology that they're using or the system they're using they get results so there's something to that. And if those people are getting better, that's, that's dope. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Uh, yeah. I, you know what I don't like though? I don't like how, how there's so much battling going on between like the different schools of thought. That's okay. The thing. Because if you think about it from a core, core, like the core values, like I listened to, to, to the muscle doc. Like I like Jordan shallows. I think he's sick. And then it, he says the same things that Spina says, just in a different language. It's like, we should be able to express range of motion at a joint, um, all these kind of things. Like if you can't, if you don't have that position, we're not going to load it. Like those are things, but they, they're going about it in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think we have to be able to, what I look for is what do the leading people have more i look for what they have in common versus what they disagree on because more often than not they agree or their underlying thing is they agree on more they agree more than they disagree basically is long answer but i don't like how certain people just bash other people uh on the internet unless they're unless they're giving like really poorly uh, explained things like telling people they have text neck and hyperlordosis that can go in the garbage. <laughs> I can literally just throw that in the garbage, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, keep you, going, you man. Keep going. <laughs> you have an anterior pelvic tilt? Yeah, sure. I don't. Oh, oh, I, oh, do you, oh, I don't know. Here, let me get my goniometer and, and measure that. Can you move your pelvis? well can you stabilize it under some sort of load okay you're good you're fine your back is not your back is not hurting because you have an anterior pelvic tilt and i posted a i posted i like reposted this thing from adam meekings that was saying like we can't even assess it reliably so what does that even mean some people's pelvises are some people have more natural lordosis than other people you know what i mean like, like throw that who cares put it in your notes put it in your notes 
like make an observation, but don't say to someone, oh yeah, here, let, let me just, if people, if people were watching this right now, they could see me, you got the, <laughs> it's going to go on YouTube too, man. Dude, let me get my, yeah, let me get the plumb line. Yeah. I noticed your left shoulder is higher than the right one. Um, yeah, that's out of alignment here. Let me just pop that back into place for you. Your rib is out as well. Um, yeah. So we just need to sort some things out here. Uh, yeah, think, that kind of do you think, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to bash school, but I think it's going to bash school at the same time. Yeah. Go for it. Bash it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who knows us and knows the school we went to and let's keep that on the DL <laughs> would understand why we're saying like this. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I made it to like 15 episodes and then we're cut off. Pat, sorry. Um, do you think like the education system is forcing you to like get those objective metrics so much that like yeah, you're only stuck learning this and like, hey, yeah. does that fucker can squat? Can he lunge? Can he or she lunge? Yes. Does well, it, who gives a shit? Does their hip move like a hip should move? Does their shoulder move like a shoulder should move? Yeah, these are the things that we should be more important that are more important. And this is something that I was talking about. Oh, we, we talked, we touched on this about, about posture, the whole posture. And I would never say that it, to, to throw the baby out with the bathwater like that, as if it doesn't matter. But like, I think the Spina said something cool is like the best posture is the one you were just in. It's like the best posture is the one you're not in for very long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shallow said something like your best, uh, some, probably shallow is Pino, whoever, man, someone on the internet said your best posture is your next one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think that, um, sure. Yeah. Okay. You can, you can, you can, you can definitely say like, okay, if someone is super, super sensitive to having their neck in flexion all day and, and protraction, yeah. Okay. Let's offload that at times, but I'm not going to say to someone, your neck hurts because of your posture. Because oftentimes what will happen is people will. Well, it's too fucking easy, man. Yeah, ex exactly. I think it's, I think it's a reductionist way of thinking and I think it's just wrong. And I do think it's also a bit like uh, what, how you would say the, the old, no, I think it gives people like no SIBO. I think it, I think it makes them hyper vigilant about the positions they're in. Like I literally had a client come to me and say, Oh yeah, my upper back hurts. And this person never complains usually of upper back stuff. And they because someone told them to keep their shoulder blades in retraction and depression today. Sorry, dude. I had to take a break of this, man. <laughs> someone told them to keep their shoulder blades in retraction and depression all day. Like you need to you need to be like this. Big chest, big paychecks, I guess, eh? I guess. Fuck. I guess. But, um, cause I, I, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to, uh, uh, my, my, my boy, Paulie D. Oh, Paul. And cause I remember what here, this is a good example. Well, no one knows who he is. I don't know. Someone might have him on their Instagram, but I remember when we started school, I was like, holy crap. Like that guy's got really good posture. Cool. Paul. Oh, he had like super, super jacked neck, super good alignment like everything looked like it was he had all his ducks in a row and out of out of me paul and alex paul was always the one with neck pain oh okay 
yeah so and him and i talked about that i was like what does that mean you had the best you know posh like posture with in, in quotations but you were the one who whose neck was usually more jacked up me it was like my back and my knee or something so like what <laughs> how does that you know what it, so it doesn't make any like how do you just draw it's cor- correlation isn't causation do you basically. think yeah yeah 100 percent. i think like at a point right now with the internet and like putting shit out there and people like creating debate aren't ready for the for the heat mm. like yeah. you know that famous quote from like uh what is it mr wonderful if you're not ready if you're not if you're not ready to take the heat get out of the kitchen well i mean i've i've said that in the kitchen to people before but uh, i don't know yeah cause you're, yeah you're a cook so so you're like so, yeah you've been like people get i couldn't the take up. the heat <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. So I do. I do think. I. I think people use that stuff as as clickbait. I think they use posture as as clickbait. But here's my thing. So and I think this is the one thing I really wanted to get across was that. Let's say someone has thoracic, a bit of whatever exaggerated kyphosis, even though we we don't even know what is exaggerated and what isn't. But let's say someone has a little bit of exaggerated kyphosis and we say it's because of your posture. I'm, I won't, I'm not going to say, I, I won't say that to someone. They'll ask, they'll say, oh, like I noticed, you know, there, that this is, it looks like my upper back is rounded. I'm worried about getting a hunchback. And I would say, you know what? Maybe your posture has something to do with it and I don't want to dismiss it, but let's try doing some of these exercises that are just going to help to work on your thoracic and, uh, rotation and extension. And if your posture gets better as a byproduct, cool. But if not, then throw it out kind of thing. Like It's funny because like the other day I, I had a similar case happening not too long ago. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you do eight hours a day? I sit at a desk. Okay, cool. Where's your neck? No shit. Do some, stop sitting at a desk for eight hours. Problem solved. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But And, and then like that's the easy answer again but i was just like the stimulus still going to be there whatever we're trying to work for posture and decrease that that forward head carriage internal rotation of the shoulder it's still going to be there tomorrow at 5 p.m when you're done your day off like you get off the day so like let's try to get some movement done and some stuff that you can do at home to yep. get better and try to reduce your chance of getting a hunch because at the end of the day like We've talked about it, right? We have already been saying it about posture. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. But it's like your posture or whatever you do every day. It's not what you do every day. It's what you not do. What you don't do every day. That's the real question. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm going to steal that. Not in quotations. (laughs) Dude, is that my first way I'm going to make it on viral on the internet? It's what you don't do every day. I I actually really... No, I sorry, man. My connection really like that, and I all is not is it is it going down or what? Sorry, can you repeat that? My my internet is unstable. I I like to give people uh, if it's if it's like a T spine shoulder thing, I like to give people like things that they can microdose throughout the day, basically. Oh. So I'll give them like a thoracic uh, cat cow. 
I might give them like some sort of um, like some some variation of like a shoulder car, something like that. Just just like simple stuff that they can do throughout throughout the day, just to get those joints moving. I'll give them definitely. I'll give them uh, cervical cervical cars, and and that kind of stuff. And I'll actually, I really like giving people uh, isometrics for their neck. I think it's I'm, cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool about exercise and programming. But like, do you make your clients think about whatever they're doing throughout their day? No, I don't. I tell that's, them that's one thing I try to make them. I try to make them think and like move out. Cause like, yeah, the rehab world is something cool. Performance world is something cool. But like when they're always thinking about their job, but they're not thinking about their self every day. Okay. Okay. I thought you meant like the position they're in. Sorry. Oh, well, I try to strike awareness pretty much every time I see someone, but yeah, uh, not, I was just like for the fact of like, Hey, think about something you're doing every day or try to, try to think about something or laterally think about one concept I'm trying to say, tell you here. Bring yeah, for sure. so you're trying to create like a, I guess like a overarching sort of, like yeah. you're trying to create them a system where they can be self-aware and be like, oh yeah, I didn't do my, you know, I didn't move my shoulder today. Let me, let me do those exercises Pat gave me to do that. kind. Of, is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like mm -hmm. I, I try to make, create them, be the leader of this rehab treatment instead of me being at the forefront of it. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Because no, again, it goes back to like, what did you don't do today? Right. Yeah. It's as, asking that hard converse, that, that hard question about it. Mm -hmm. What did you not do? Yeah. Like we're always folk. And then that's something I've been coming to terms with a lot in like my practice. It's like asking those hard questions that we don't ask. We get, we get complacent in the question we ask as therapists. When I asked that to a client uh, yesterday, I was like, what did you don't, what did, you, what did you forget to do yesterday? They were like, oh, I forgot to move and go for a walk. Yeah. All right. So that's something that you need to think about every day. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Creating like that routine and, and habits that you're just consistent. You're ticking, ticking boxes as often as you can. That's, that's yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you do that, but I think it's it's a different way to approach treatment, and I think I I've took that from like that unreleased episode that's going to be out there. I'm going to try to find beats and pieces of that episode and release them periodically. Mm -hmm. But with that client, you trick like not trick them, but with a digestive issue, and you want you yeah. Oh yeah. If you want to tell that story again, I think that was cool. I had chills. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell the story. Okay. So I think that's the exact same way I use communication mm. to make my clients think about it. And since you told me that conversation, that story, I've been using this as like my bridging to communication for clients. Yeah. So, okay. So I'll tell that story really quick. So it was a, I'll oh, take your time, dude. I have all the time in the world. <laughs> so long, long time client, uh, it was an MVA person, but I feel like their, their motor vehicle accident was like four years ago or something. And they're still getting physio and stuff. And they have some, they have some, 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 uh, they have some issues aside from, from just pain. Like they have some psychological, uh, issues and they're very fear avoidant and they definitely are like, uh, super hyper vigilant about pain and they think they think that they can't do stuff because like they're gonna 
get hurt more. And I asked them, like, what do you what do you think is happening when you're in pain? And they think, well, like, isn't isn't there more damage being done? Like if I'm in pain and I'm like, no, not necessarily. And then I couldn't, I just couldn't get through this person. Like I was just like trying everything. I tried every different approach. And I was like, I need to at least get this person to walk for 10 to 15 minutes a day just to at least, you know, move. Uh, and then they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And they would always come in and say, when I would greet them, I would say like, Hey, how's it going? So-and-so. And they would say, Oh, not good. You know, not good. And then one day I just, they came in and they actually started taking some, some painkillers, some opioid medication. And they had been complaining to me that, that day about digestive issues. And I was like, Oh, I know what I'm going to do here. And then I told them, I said, listen, like, this is, this is, uh, this is me conveying information that, that I've, digested that is not necessarily in the massage therapy scope, but I have heard that, you know, going for, for a walk or a couple walks a day can help to increase your digestion. And, and that could be really helpful for you. And then they're like, Oh, really? And then, so this person came in, I didn't see them for two to three weeks after, but then they came in and I, I asked like, Hey, how's it going? And they actually said, Oh, good, good. And then they came in and I, I asked them like, Oh, did you try going for a walk? And, and they said they, yeah, they did. They were going for like a walk every, every day or maybe five times a week or something for, for around 15 minutes. Um, so, and that to me was like super, super important because I hadn't been able to get this person to do anything. None of the physios could get this person to do anything, like nothing, not one thing. So just getting this person to walk um, by tricking them, by using the yeah <laughs> you're constipated well let's get you walking and that can help to speed things up because if you're not moving there's no reason for your body to process food yeah so yeah that was a really cool cool thing oh, man. yeah i think that's super cool that like it created a level of empowerment of like oh like walking and being active helps your digestive system and to an extent of like moving yeah and then oh i feel better it actually, oh, it actually does too but yeah yeah but I think it's cool that like that's a, a leap of faith you took and like that empowered your client. <laughs> I was like, I need to do, I was, I need to do something because I was on the point where I was like going to refer out. Like it was, it was at that point I was like, I'm going to have to refer out. Yeah, refer yeah. This, I'm going to have to discharge this this person. That's cool, man. That's super cool, dude. I don't want to take more of your time, but thank you so much for this, man. No, no. Last, we we need to talk about one more thing before you go. Oh, okay. The new, the new, the new hashtag. Oh yes, dude. We should. Well, fuck. Yeah, that is. I, <laughs> yeah, that's the name of this episode. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. I got you with that, eh? Yeah, I was just like, yeah, like I had my notes. I had my notes, and I was like, okay, I gotta talk about. I had it. I had it in my fucking notes. I was like, okay, I gotta talk about the fucking hashtag. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how to use the internet, and so do you. And we're like, RMPs oh, dude, that was and motion. Eh? RMPs <laughs> in motion. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah right. guys. Hey, I got to tell this story, though, first. I love okay, how, okay. You, how you've messaged me, and you're like, how do you create a hashtag? <laughs> dude, <And I'm, laughs> I have no idea. Man. And then I'm like, <laughs> 
pound and then your words, I guess. <laughs> like this hashtag, I use that on every six, six times a week when I post something out there. And then, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so I basically, like for the people listening, I took a screen recording of my screen and then I just said, pound rmt's in motion and then i send you that video and i'm like i think that's live <laughs> and then a couple couple days after you you go jasper goes on a walk alex goes on a walk rmt's in motion and then me the asshole rmt i repost rmt in motion supposed to be plural patty <laughs> Oops. And that um, was pretty cool. That was pretty cool because like um Kaylee put it too, and I was like, oh, this is fucking dope. Yeah, I, th- I think it I think it's definitely something that we could we could use. Uh, and if I don't know if there's any RMTs that, that listen to this that uh are kind of have like similar views to we do that like you know activity is 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 of the, you want to be part of our cult. Of our cult. Yeah, no, but I, I think it's cool to show that like we're actually practicing kind of what we preach, right? Hundred percent. We're, I think we're it's telling people to move. They should see that we're moving and that we encourage movement, and that you know that there is other RMTs and stuff like that that are uh, that have that same core value. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's yoga, walking, weightlifting, anything, it could be. It could literally be be anything. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think it's a, I think it's a cool thing. Yeah, and literally anything. I think it's cool because it, it it creates a community of massage therapists that are active. Yeah, for sure, sure. definitely. Right? And, and and I think and, and it shows that also like, it goes away from the stereotype of just relaxation treatments. It goes for a performance based treatment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I. The thing that I actually really liked is that it, it almost started from like, uh, it started from you people just post, I, I'm, I'm not sure if they're clients oh, of yours or if yeah, so, knows so the who these people are. They're good, they're check good in kids. They're good walks. kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically this, I was just like, I'm a big pro, pro walker individual. I go for walks every day. Yeah, same here. Um, this is like something I do. I go on a podcast, walk in the morning. I go to park and I don't walk with my girlfriend, fiance and future wife. Yeah. They're all the same. It's not three different girls. It's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure she knows before the podcast gets. Here. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, listen, at this point, I, I give you a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, so we, Sudbury was in a three week lockdown prior to the gray zone. And, uh, I had a Zoom meeting with all the chill program. And I was, during the January lockdown, I was putting workouts out out every every day mm-hmm. on our Facebook page. And then I was like, okay, hey, let's have something a bit more structured that everyone can see each other. Um, but let's go for walks and create some sort of level of accountability with the power of social media. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everyone is going for walks now. Are they always tagging me? No but it force or create accountability and awareness to like, Oh, actually go for a fucking walk. Yep. And so they were tagging me. I was reposting that I was tagging them too. Um, 
then I start tagging you, Alex start tagging me. And then a lot of people start tagging me on my, uh, on walks. And I was like, I, am I the walk guy now? Well, cause you were the one who start, you were the one who had the people checking, checking in with you and stuff. And, and that's where I got actually kind of got the idea for that, for the hashtag, because I was, I think that just showing people that like walking is great. That's for some people, well, I consider walking exercise, but for some people walking could be, could be their entry to their daily movement practice. And, and you look at the, the walking. Okay. And, and then we're going to segue here in the biomechanics class. Well, not class, cause I, I I'm no good, but like better you are at walking, better you are at lifting weights. I need, I need more, more, give me, give me more. So, so you're just going to walk with your probably like a shitty gait pattern. Like you're going to walk like probably just like very slow staggered, just like walking around with like head banging left to right. And then you're going to start walking with a faster pace. So you're going to explore your gait pattern even more and more and more, which mm-hmm. going to explore your hip and your ankle dorsiflexion and that hip extension. Better you're at that, then you're better at, doing a fucking lunge b stance position running then it gives you your entry into hip extension which is basically squatting hinging motion Mm -hmm. and then you're able more control you have over your gait pattern or your gait cycle better you're at lifting sorry yeah that was my segue into that but yeah, for sure. I, I can't, I can't really speak on it cause I never really got super deep into, into gait analysis. Well, I think, um, I, I think it just created awareness, right? Like, yeah, about your sure. hip. I, I think it's just like, Oh, okay. My hips is tight. Now like I got to open it up. I'm like, best way to like, that's what I, I, I had a couple like a uh, individual dealing with sciatica. Yeah. I'm like, go for a walk, activate your glutes. What, where's the on button? Where's the on button for the glutes? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, put a piece of tape on your glute and then go for a walk. <laughs> I, sensory motor activation, dude. No, dude, I, how, okay, so I'll just push the on button and they're good? Yeah. Is that why, because you have a button on yours? Is that why you're, you have a big butt? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, 100%. All right. It's, a, it's the, mid, the middle. <laughs> Change the, the name of the podcast to uh, Glute Activation. The on button is located uh, between S2 and the greater trochanter or something. <laughs> <laughs> the on button is between the butt crack. <laughs> no, no, that's bad. That's bad. No, no. That that is bad. Uh, <laughs> fuck, dude, it's funny. But no, seriously, man, I think walking is great. I think the hashtag is the hashtag brings a lot of awareness to walking. Yeah, and Alex Alex had to show off and, and show himself doing some lifting some weights on there, tagging it. Yeah, like, and then come on, man. So uh, now, you, now you have to now you have to put one where you're like squatting five hundred pounds, RMTs in motion. <laughs> But I, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that we use that hashtag, and well, I am gonna probably use start using RMTs in motion in my hashtag for post from now on because I think it's yeah. it speaks volume, man. Yeah, that, no, like, I... as an RMT, 
you're also pres- you could prescribe exercise. Yes. And, yeah, I know. I I think it's really cool, man. I think it's a we could get something going and get more people on that. We should get a like at the beginning. We should do a podcast. Me, you, Alex, Kaylee, other massage therapists in in Sudbury or in the fucking province to just jump on the call and talk about RMT in motion, RMTs in motion. RMTs, yeah, plural, plural. It's not just you out there, Patty. All right, we know you know you're kind of a big deal, but damn. It's because because I'm French, dude. It's, no, should, I know. We should put two Zs, RMTs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are we wrapping? Are we gonna wrap this up? Yeah, man. We could wrap it up, and I on the, on the wrap up. Tell me where you at. Uh, what's that food thing you're doing though? Okay, so. So currently I'm working at PhysioCare Physiotherapy, which is a clinic on Greenbank uh, called PhysioCare Physiotherapy and Rehab Center. Um, I'm also doing personal training, Muay Thai training, uh, FRC programming out of Westside Muay Thai, which is in Ottawa as well. And then I do have some online stuff going on. I do have- Oh, cool, good. I do, I have True Coach now. Nice. Alex, Alex got me into true coach. So I'm doing some online programming. Um, and then I'm doing also a pop-up food event on the 28th of April. So background on that is I was in the restaurant industry for a really long time, uh, spent a bunch of time in Thailand, uh, really fell in love with the food and the culture. And then, uh, that was kind of like the only thing I wanted to cook, um, afterwards, uh, just because I had some sort of attachment to it versus cooking, you know, stuff I was taught to cook in school. Um, and then, so yeah, I was out of the kitchen for a while and then I kind of got the itch to cook and I was like, here, let me just throw out some feelers. And then next thing you know, I was, you know, selling a bunch of food on the last one. So I'm hoping to, to get something going and I'm doing a couple, I'm doing for sure one dish that I know that unless you've been to Thailand, you probably haven't had. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. So if anyone wants to contact me, uh, I guess, look me up on Instagram, uh, jaspeard. Yeah. Cool, man. Love it, dude. Thank you so much. All right. Later, so, Patty. Do you have a quote to say to people on, the, on your way out? A quote? Yeah, yeah. Meet people where they're at. <laughs>